Hello, and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes, and I'm your host. If you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories of women who have gone through a challenging time in their life, and they're going to share how they got through it, the lessons they learned, and offer any advice to those of you who may be going through something similar in your own life. And today, we're speaking with Amy Johnson, and Amy... Her company name is amyj.co and has built her life and business on the belief that your path can be a casualty of your circumstance or championed by your convictions. And staying true to this belief, Amy reaffirms her commitment to her convictions daily. With a structured combination of holistic practice, curated organization, dedicated education, and cultivated partnerships, she believes anyone can truly live a balanced and prosperous life. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. (laughs) So Amy, why don't you start off by sharing your journey with us? Okay. Um, So my journey hasn't always been like amazing or great or anything like that. Um, Childhood was kind of indifferent. Um, Grew up in poverty, grew up in some, you know, hard times and things like that. Got out of it, graduated or well, went to college, um, had some fun times there. And you know, I would say that there wasn't anything that stood out, um, you know, while looking back. However, in about 2008, um, the first part of the year, I would say that's where things start to go a little bit um, south as far as chaotic and lessons in the journey. Um, So in January of 2008, my dad caught himself on fire. Um, He burnt 11% of his body from the waist down. And I was the person who found him. Um, Spent, you know, 45, 50 days in the hospital. Um, Really made me, you know, take a look and say, man, you know, we are fragile. Like, you know, he could have gone without anyone. And I'm grateful that I found him. really is one of those things where it's like, man, you think that you're indestructible or you're, you know, going to be around forever. And it wasn't. Um, so fast forward to June of 2008 and my nephew who was two and a half at the time, um, had a misfortune of, you know, the person who was watching over him, um, fell asleep and he got out and actually drowned in a swimming pool. Um, so that was another like big wake up call of, you know, maybe it was like a foreshadowing thing of, you know, what happened with my dad, but it's the first time that I really remember like losing someone that young and like who had this huge impact on me. Um, and from that point forward, I was like, you know, he changed me as a person, one, but also helped me to realize that maybe my life wasn't like this thing that I could just take for granted anymore. Um, and, you know, he helped me to become a better mom that I would be in um, five, four or five years from that point. Um, he helped me to understand that, you know, maybe some of the relationships that I was in and that I was just spending time with those people that maybe they weren't the right people. Um, he helped me to, or this instance helped me to realize that, you know, I shouldn't be wasting time 
Um, I should be, you know, going to school and pursuing the things that I want to pursue or, you know, working at jobs that I actually like instead of ones that just pay the bills, um, things like that. So that was kind of the moment that kind of really changed my life and put me on the path to where I could really get to where I am today in life. Yeah, it's amazing how events in our life can cause us to really reevaluate things. <laughs> um, I remember, I think the first time that I had a death happen that really made me question things was when I was 17. And it was a friend of mine who mm-hmm. was the same age as I was, who passed away in her sleep. <sighs> and... Um, I wasn't even in the country when it happened. I was in the Cayman Islands. And I came back. My dad picked me up from the airport. And on the way home, he told me that my friend Camille had died. And automatically, I thought, oh, car accident? You know, you think about some Mm -hmm. sort of... And um, he said that he didn't know the details, but he just knew that somebody had called to let me know that she had died. And I called... Mm -hmm a mutual friend and asked him and he told me, you know, that she died in her sleep and she had had an aneurysm. And I remember (sighs) thinking to myself, holy crap, I was just talking with her. You know what I mean? Like it was just so surreal because, Mm -hmm. you know, you lose grandparents, but they're grandparents and they Mm -hmm. were of a certain age and that's what happens. You know what I mean? And I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with them. So I, I was able to have that bit of detachment from that loss whereas Mm -hmm. to lose a friend at 17 you know when just a couple weeks before that we were talking about what we were going to do and graduating from high school and going on to university and all these big hopes and dreams we had for Mm -hmm. what we were going to do when we really got into adulthood and to know Mm -hmm. that she was never going to experience those things really was the first time that I learned that we cannot take it for granted that we, you know, especially at at that age, as a teenager, you kind of think you're immortal, you know, like nothing is going to happen to you. You're, you're, yeah, you're going to live forever. And to have Mm -hmm. that happen was, was devastating. Mm -hmm. I think I was, I think I was like 22 or something, 23, maybe when my nephew passed away and it was, you know, like looking back, we always say, Oh, you know, we, what if we didn't have that, you know, day on the farm with all of our family? Like he was running around, like being a little boy, like, what if we didn't have that? Yeah. You know? So it was like, I I don't know. It was like one of those things where, like you said, you don't think of little young, young people passing. It's usually grandparents or people that have lived life and experienced it. So definitely. Um, and I think even, you know, with my own girls, I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old when I, um, you know, like you compare, right? Like you, you look at the times when my nephew was at certain ages and you're like, Oh, okay. You know, I can imagine my daughter doing the same thing. Or now that my girls are both older than he lived to be, um, I'm like, dang, you know, what, what would it look like? What would right. his life look like? And, um, you what know, kind of little man wondered. would he have turned yeah. out? To, yeah. Yeah. Cause he would have been, I think 11 or 12 now. 
So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where my girls never met him. Um, and my sister has since had a daughter and another son and, you know, it's like, dang, what would it, what would it be like? You know, what would the dynamic be and things like that? So just interesting. It really is. And then to have your dad go through it, he went through as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine because I know my father passed away in 2004 and to, to see the suffering that he went through as he fought cancer and everything was devastating because, you know, you have this ideal of your father being this strong man who, well, I did anyway, but, you know, he was indestructible and nothing could, could, um, could slow him down. And then to see it happening was, was devastating. Mm -hmm. So to, you know, go through seeing him in the hospital for that extended period of time must have Mm -hmm. been hard as well. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, he was older. He was like this, like you said, indestructible guy. And to see him, you know, not be able to bend down and tie his shoes or, you know, pick up the grandkids because he can't, like, he can't lift it. He can't bend down. He can't, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where he struggles to this day. And that was, you know, almost 10 years ago now. Um, it was 10 years ago. So, um, just one of those things where it's like, dang, the impact that quick little things like that, you know, your, your life changes in a flash. Yeah. It really, um, puts things in perspective and reminds us that we can't take anything for granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you deal with that? crazy year of 2008? (laughs) Um, well, I did what I knew. Um, I shut everyone down or I shut everything down. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't like deal with anyone. I just went about my day, like charging forward. Um, because in my life, um, in my home life growing up, we didn't share emotions. We didn't, um, you know, we didn't know how to do any of that other than like anger and yelling, that's the only two emotions that were showed. Everything else was bottled up inside until you basically exploded. So, um, I did that. And then I realized, you know, there was a point kind of towards the end of 2008 where I was in a relationship with a person, with a guy that I knew I didn't want to be with forever. Um, And, you know, my dad was still recovering and I was at this place where I could go to a new school in a different city and kind of start over again where, you know, no one would knew me, would know me. Um, so I did that. I, I moved, I broke up with this guy. I, um, actually ended up staying with my brother and his boyfriend, um, for about two and a half years after that. And it just became like this fresh start Um, and then I started to learn that, well, maybe, you know, I, I would still have to deal with those things and the people and, um, you know, the situation and the emotions that were attached to it, but it was something that, you know, I needed that fresh start to be able to even deal with it. Um, so I did that. I, I picked up and left and I said, you know what, if you're important or if like, you 
if you want to stay in touch, then let's stay in touch. But I kind of cut ties with a lot of people and a lot of situations and a lot of things. And I fully believe that that is what helped me to really get where I am today instead of, you know, staying back there and being stuck. Right. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we get to a point in our lives where we have to declutter and not (laughs) just in uh, your home sense, Mm -hmm. but in your headspace and the people that you're associating yourself with. Mm -hmm. You just have to let go of things sometimes because, you know, we've all heard that saying of, you know, people are in your life for a reason, a season Mm -hmm. or a lifetime. And I think that understanding what role people play in our lives can be challenging because I think that when you develop relationships, whether it's a friendship, uh, you know, a love relationship or whatever, that you think that these people are going to be there with you forever, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that we ever think of an end date to Mm -hmm. those relationships, but I think that sometimes there, there has to be one. And it's getting to that point and being okay with that. That is sometimes the challenge. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, when you, when you meet someone or you bring someone into your life to get to know them, like, I don't think that anyone says, Oh, it's only for, you know, a second or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's you're committed or otherwise you would have just, you would just be acquaintances. Right. Um, So yeah. Understanding that, not everyone's there for a lifetime. Not everyone's there for the long haul, um, I think is super, super important. Yeah. And I think that the other thing too, is that even when those relationships dissolve, they don't have to be dramatic, right? Mm -hmm. They can't sometimes just be that you just grow apart and there was Mm -hmm. no big argument that happened or anything that it was just, yeah, that the relationship had come to an end. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think for me too was, you know, because I had hidden all of my feelings and I, I had this huge wall around me. Um, and I was only putting out there like what I wanted people to know. Um, and what I, you know, as so far as I wanted them to get in, um, that it was super easy for me because I, you know, I never really was committed a hundred percent. And I don't know if that's like, a good thing or not. But, um, <laughs> looking back, I realized that, you know, I wasn't putting myself out there. So for me, it was like, okay, you know, on to the next thing sort of. Um, and you know, for these people, it was like, dang, I, I really thought she was in it. Like right. I really <laughs> thought she was there with me. And, you know, so maybe it was harder for them and maybe, you know, maybe that's, some of the people listening, maybe they're the same way, but, you know, think about like the end of the day, how much better off they're going to be or how much space they're going to open up for other people to come in that are actually there that are actually committed, you know, and, um, giving their all to the relationship Yeah, for the long haul. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of did these people like a service of saying, Hey, you know, I'm, halfway in, halfway out. Now I'm just going to remove myself and you get to have better, right? right? Somebody who's all in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 
What would you say, Amy, is the biggest lesson that you've learned from your experience? Um, I would say the biggest lesson is first, you know, life is short and you are creating it. And I think up until this point, I thought things happened, um, to me and not for me. Um, and I, you know, we can all play that victim card of like, oh, woe is me. Um, why is this all happening to me? Yeah. Yeah why is it happening to me? Why now? Like one thing after another kind of thing. I mean, I remember, remember 2008, like from January until the end of the year, it's like, dang, is this ever going to end? Right. Um, And then you look back, I mean, it didn't come immediately. I look back probably 2010, 2011 and I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it now. You know, all of those things had to happen for me to get here. Um, and I look back now, you know, 10 years later and it's like, wow, there were so many great lessons and so many opportunities, um, you know, having a better relationship or being fully in the relationships that you're involved in friendship, you know, love business, whatever it is. Um, that to me is, probably one of the biggest takeaways uh, other than, you know, how short life really is and how, um, you know, how it can change in just a second. Um, and what you thought you had, maybe you really don't. And maybe there's a reason for it. Um, I think those are really the biggest takeaways other than, you know, understanding that you're not a, well, you can play the victim card. Um, but the sooner you realize that, you know, it's happening for you, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I I just did a talk about this thing called whole thing about everything happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that it feels like an overused cliche to to Mm -hmm. say that, but I think that it, it's so overused because it is the truth, right? That, you know, it might take you a while to, to realize what that reason is, but everything that's happening is happening for a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just for us to, to realize what that purpose is and, and be okay with that. Right. Because I think mm-hmm. that we, especially when it's something like the death of a child, you know, where it's like, well, this isn't natural and this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's very hard to think that there was a purpose mm-hmm. behind it. But even I think that loss like that does, does serve a purpose of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think too, um, like it being an overplayed thing, you know, obviously people still need to hear it, um, you know, cause it, it keeps coming up, right? Like it's, it's a thing that it's like a recurring theme that, you know, people aren't getting yet, you know, they, or they're getting it and then they do it once and then it's back to the old them. Right. Wait, yeah. Cause you think that you've learned the lesson and now you can move on, but Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to experience it more than once or in different ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do you think that, especially the death of your nephew has a, 
affected your, your role as a mother? Uh, well, first I would, well, I think it affected with both of my girls differently. Um, I think it affected the first one way differently in terms of I was way stricter and like you have Probably to be overprotective. Yes. Well. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, you have to be perfect and, you know, don't talk to strangers and like all of these things. And I, I think it's really made her into the person that she is, um, or, you know, helped in, in developing her personality, um, because she's very, like teacherly. She's very motherly. She's very, um, like you have to do it this way sort of a thing. Um, but I also think that, you know, first, first and foremost, like swim lessons absolutely, um, are necessary and required. And she's a little fish. Like she's, <laughs> she's a great swimmer. Um, and I think in a couple of years, she'll probably be on the swim team, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I had the opposite reaction where I wanted to emerge them and submerge them in the water and the things that, you know, took my nephew away. I wanted them to be like, no, I'm not afraid. And I know how to get out of the situation if I need to. Um, and then with my second one, I feel like she's, she's very much like my nephew in terms of personality and, um, just love of life. And, um, so I think that that is one of those things where it's like, you know, they were taken away and they were given, they were given to you for a reason and then they were taken away. So I feel like his presence really prepared me for her presence and her, um, just her love and her fire, um, of life and people. And, um, so parenting her versus parenting my oldest, completely different. But I think that, you know, as a, I mean, I was only an aunt, but I felt like for as much of, he was, he was the first, um, grandchild and my parent for my parents and our family. So I was like, well, he's mine too. Right. You know? So yeah. <laughs> I felt like he was kind of my kid in a sense, as well as my sisters. And knowing that what, I mean, I always wanted girls. So I'm like, I don't want boys. I've had, <laughs> you know, my nephew and I'm good. And then I think it kind of backfired or kind of, brought it full circle when my daughter, my baby was born because she is much like that. And I always think of, Oh, okay. This is what it is. This is what it's, this is why he did that. And this is what that was. And so I think that, you know, in loss, there is like that joy too, because I see things in her that he did. I see times where, you know, like I am just like, gosh, why, why? And then I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that answers the question, but, um, I think it just, it made me realize that there's parenting for different, there's different parenting styles for different kids. Um, and I think that that was like the biggest opportunity for me. 
Amy, what would you say to someone who's going through something similar in their life where they've lost, there's a, a young child that they, um, that this, the family has suffered the loss of and they're trying to, to make their way through that or even having a parent go through a, a terrible accident? Like, what kind of advice would you give them? You're not alone and you don't have to bottle it up inside. Um, there are many people that may not understand the exact same situation, but they understand loss and they understand, you know, feelings and emotions and, um, what you're going through. So reach out and ask for help. Um, you're not too strong. You're not too, um, too good. You're not, you, you don't have to do it alone. Um, there are, there's so much support out there that you can get and, um, it doesn't have to take, you know, three, five, 10 years for you to go through it alone because you're being, you know, too proud or, um, you just, you don't want to bother anyone. Um, that's what they're there for. And they, they want to help you. They want to, you know, get, there's this community there for a reason and community can really help get through it. I, I smiled when you said that you're not too <laughs> strong to ask for help. Cause I feel like that that's been a big lesson for me mm-hmm. is that asking for help is not a sign of weakness and that mm-hmm. it is, um, it is imperative to ask for help, I think, sometimes, because trying to do it alone can, I think, just make it that much harder. <laughs> yeah. And um, and feeling like you're alone in, in anything that you're going through, that, that feeling of isolation, it's unhealthy because you aren't alone. And I think that when you do talk about it, even if it's not something that comes naturally to you because of your upbringing. Cause I, I, I understand that part as well, but mm-hmm. when you can find the right people to talk to about it, such a huge weight is lifted off of you when you can express mm-hmm. it in a safe environment where you don't feel like you're going to be judged or criticized for it, mm-hmm. but you can just honestly speak from the heart about what you're going through and have somebody be there to, show you compassion and empathy for what it is you're going through because they might not understand it exactly because they've never gone through the exact same thing in their own life but Mm -hmm. they can yeah just show compassion and be empathetic and and support you because I think that when you're going through those challenging times that's what you need is people that you can lean on Mm -hmm. yeah and I think too I mean there are so many movies out there the one that comes to mind is um, Steel Magnolias, um, which is pretty... I don't know if you've seen it or not, Sandra. I think um, it's been a while. <laughs> I literally watched it for the first time like two months ago. Oh, wow. And I watched it with my daughter and one of our good friends. And my good friend had seen it. And she's like, oh, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, right. it's fine. Great. And, you know, it. what comes to mind is that... Um, when she's at the funeral and, you know, her friends are there saying, I'm sorry. And, you know, the mom just like yells and breaks down. And then, you know, it's one of those things where it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Um, but she felt 
not better, but it was able to release that, um, those pent up emotions and those, those feelings that we all go through, um, for either loss of a loved one or loss of a business or loss of a relationship, whatever it is, we all go through that. And I think once we are able to get that out, even if it's to someone that's never, you know, maybe your loss is completely different, there's still the understanding and the compassion and the love that is needed after that, because sometimes community is all you have. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Amy, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, Just that if you go through loss or anything like that, if you ask for help and reach out for help, Oftentimes it'll take less time to get through, you know, the ickiness than if you try and do it alone. So that's kind of my last bit of advice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing your journey and um, thank you your experiences and the lessons you've learned. I'm sure that the listeners will appreciate it and get a lot out of it. And if you're listening in your car or at the gym or walking your dog, you can come back to the show notes and you'll find links to learn more about Amy and what she's up to on social media. And um, again, thank you so much, Amy, for your time and for sharing your experiences.